Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 60, How to Run Your Training Lessons This Summer. Today we are going to look at how you can run effective training sessions during your summer and seasonal settings. And this is intended for a large group of people that potentially are returning and new hires. So we're going to look at the things that you can do to prepare and to get better at doing your training sessions. Let's get started. That's right. Summer is almost upon us, and that means seasonal swim lessons. This is the time when most of North America gets ready for the big swim lesson season. Now, if some of you have indoor pools, you've already been in the throes of this spring, I need to get ready for summer swim lessons, uh, but you don't have that big of a staff typically during the school year. Now with summer and a flood of high school and college people available for work, our swim lesson programs spike and get bigger, as well as our lifeguarding needs. Now, generally in America, the lifeguards and the swim instructors are entwined, and most park districts have people that do both jobs. So most training programs are designed around doing both things, lifeguarding, CPR, certain lifeguarding rescue skills, and swim instruction. Uh, so slap on your swim screen, wear a flappy hat, and let's get ready to get those kids moving in our training sessions. Now, this is our guide to running an effective training session. Uh, we're going to assume that you are a park district or a large program that has hired a decent-sized staff, and you're running either lifeguard, swim instructor, or all staff training sessions. Uh, your goal is probably to create a team environment and a culture for your new staff. So you want to integrate your old kids and your new kids and give out a wide range of information that the staff is going to need to know. Now, usually with these beginning meetings, there are multiple days, multiple hours, and you're throwing information and training at your staff. It's important to make sure that your staff learns these skills. So today we're going to look at how you can run effective training sessions, how you can put together your program to get the best results out of your instruction. Now, a lot of this is going to sound very familiar to what we've talked about regarding teaching swim lessons. Essentially, the idea here is the same. We're providing information, then we're expecting our participants to take that information and do something with it. Now, in swim lessons, it's a repetitive motion, so we can have them do it over and over again. With teenagers and adults, it's a little more difficult to expect them to mindlessly listen to the things that we tell them to do. So we got to be a little bit more creative in how we go about approaching it. And thankfully, we have a tested and true way uh, um, of doing these trainings for you that are effective and easy once you get the hang of it. So uh, there's a wealth of information uh, on the internet about running good meetings. And some of the key points are pretty essential to you as a manager or the aquatic professional. And remember, we have two ultimate goals in our staff trainings during the summer. The first training, the first goal is we want to provide information and experience that the staff needs in order to do their job. The second goal is we need to foster a team culture or a team environment where we all work together. Now let's go a little bit more in depth in these two goals. 
Goal number one, provide information and experience that the staff needs in order to do their jobs. Now, at the most basic level, this is where do you get the cleaning supplies to clean the, the bathrooms? Or where are the guard tubes located so you can use it when you get up to the chair? Should you bring your own guard tube or are you exchanging tubes with the person in the chair? Uh, these are simple skills, simple things that you need to let your staff know so they know what to do. Now, you could just have one of your veteran instructors walk your new staff around and show them. Uh, I'm a big fan of having your staff do things on their own. Uh, so tell them, go get a guard tube and give them the information on where they can find it. And then it's more like the leading a, a person, teaching a person to fish versus giving him the fish on his own. So if, what is it, if you give, give a man a fish, he can eat for a day, teach him how to fish and he'll eat for the rest of his life. He'll never go hungry. That's kind of the idea with some of these training ideas. Uh, so we're going to look at giving information that's essential in ways that are effective in learning. Uh, so. The second one is foster a team culture and working together. So we're going to look at how we can incorporate group activities into these training sessions where our staff has to work together to accomplish a goal. And that can be done through games, through activities, or through group uh, programs like CPR. So having five people do a CPR scenario uh, helps them communicate and we encourage them to talk to each other and then they can learn and they rotate roles. So that's another example of uh, fostering a team culture. So we're going to try and do things as integrated with each other as much as possible. So having uh, groups together. So our two ultimate goals are give our staff information that they need to do their job well and then make an environment that encourages teamwork so that they interact in a positive manner. And I think those are two very important things. If you have thoughts on this, definitely send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. What are your two ultimate goals when you do your training? So let's break this down. So you can look online on how to run an effective meeting. You're going to get a lot of generic answers uh, generally that they fall into one of these three categories that we're going to go into here. Now, we're treating this as if it's a meeting, uh, but there are unique players here that you can look at regarding your SWIM program. Now, in general, your SWIM program has two main prongs, the lifeguarding aspect of it and the SWIM instruction side of it. Both of them hold serious risks for the participants, so the, the SWIM lesson kids or patrons at your pool. Uh, and I say that because uh, you're in water and it can potentially kill people as you know more it's more lethal than say the air walking around uh, so that's why we provide lifeguards it's a risk management thing uh, to make sure that if if there's an emergency we have a reaction we can pull them out of the water we can provide immediate care and reduce the likelihood of fatality or death or brain damage uh, so knowing our lifeguarding skills is important and practicing them is important. So that's kind of the information they need and the teamwork kind of all plays into that one. The other one main focus of most aquatic programs are the swim lessons. So how can we provide better swim lessons? And generally this might be follow the, the swim lesson plans. I mean, we laminated them, we sent them to you. They're accessible in the binder. Take it for your day, you know, and read it and do it. It could be as simple as that. Or 
maybe you have people that are are you know understand how to teach swim lessons really well, but you want to give them a little bit more ability. So maybe you want to look at avoiding saying okay at the end of your sentences or keeping everybody in your line of sight. Uh, there are there are multiple options here that we can look at on getting better swim instructors through training, uh, and so that's in the other option here. And and these these three categories that we're going to go into now, kind of are aimed at the manager. They're explicitly aimed at the manager, and what you can do to run effective swim lessons that actually have a a noticeable effect on these two prongs, lifeguarding and swim instruction. So let's get into it right now. The first one is planning. Now, when I worked at my outdoor pool over the summers when I was younger, every Friday we had a meeting at 9 a.m. And the managers would meet for half an hour, and then everybody would meet, the all staff would meet at 9.30. And generally we were there until 11 or 11.30, and we had trainings. This is when we reviewed CPR, when we did rescues, uh, when we reviewed spinal injuries, uh, when we did our emergency management planning. Um, this is when we did our meetings every Friday. Now, generally, uh, your program may be a little bit differently, uh, but from my understanding, most programs have some sort of group, large group training program. And what you want to do before you even get into that pool deck, before you even step out of the office onto the concrete uh, and into the sun, make sure that you have a plan. Uh, so have a plan, sit down or pull up your last year's trainings and review what exactly you're going to do to accomplish uh, your goal in the meeting. Uh, so if you want to accomplish uh, better scanning techniques, Write down some ideas on how you're going to work on scanning techniques in your your training. You can use our training module category. You can find on our website, swimminglessonsideas.com. On the right-hand side of the front page, you'll see a category list, and at the bottom is training modules. And we actually have handouts that you can use for your training programs here. So uh, plan something out. Sit down, write out a plan, uh, know what you're going to do before you show up to this training seminar. Now, if you have other staff, if you have your managers running your planning or your your training programs and your, your in-services, your weekly in-services, it's on you, the aquatic professional, to provide the material that they're going to give out to your staff. Now, I say that because if you're an aquatic professional, it's likely that you're doing this all year. You have the diligence, the time, and the effort and the will because you are directing this program. Your managers that are here during the summer are not going to be as vested in this as you are in general. Uh, and, and again, I'm saying this in general because there are exceptions to this. But I feel that it's best for the aquatic professional to write out exactly what you want to have done and accomplished, review it with your managers, and then have them give it out to the rest of the staff and then get feedback from them on how it went. And that just should be your... In my opinion, your typical meeting structure. Uh, you should be uh, meeting with your managers, hearing from them, and then reevaluating and, and making adaptions based on that. Uh, so have a plan. Sit down. Write it out. What are you going to do? Know exactly what you want to accomplish and what you want to focus on. And my suggestion is that you distill it down to the most basic items that the staff needs to learn or know or take away from the meeting. So, for example, if 
this coming week you have a large camp coming into your program. So you're an outdoor pool uh, that's open to the public, maybe your park district with a large pool, and you have an after-school club coming to your camp, uh, into your pool. And they're going to have, you know, 45-year-olds that will be unattended by their parents. That's going to be a potentially huge hazard. So you're going to require that the camp has, I don't know, one to two, uh, one counselor for every five kids uh, that they're directly responsible for. And that's going to help keep them in check and make sure that nobody is missing or gone or lost or drowning. Uh, in addition to the lifeguards that are on, on staff, it's an extra preventative measure. So maybe you want to uh, work on how your lifeguards are going to uh, respond when they see a kid unattended. So you could do an activity where you uh, have a bunch of your staff run around and that the instructor has to corral them into a specific area uh, using the fewest words possible. So, or, or perhaps going towards to one of the fake camp counselors. Uh, you know, you can come up with a bunch of different ideas on how you want to accomplish this training goal of making sure that everyone is accounted for and paid attention to. Uh, so there are different things that you can do, and I recommend that you plan this out in advance before you do your training program instead of being uncertain and unsure on how that's going to go. So make sure that you have a plan and that you know exactly what you want to accomplish and focus on and then make it as simple as possible, and then do an activity around that simple what you want them to know. Uh, so know what you want your staff to take away from the meeting. Know what you're going to do exactly at the meeting to get that result. And prepare any necessary materials or flyers before your meeting to distribute or use as props. So in advance... If you have handouts, print them before your meeting uh, If you and create them and then print them. If you're going to be playing a game, make sure you have all of your materials before your meeting starts. So if you're going to be using uh, kickboards, make sure you have a stack of kickboards prepared in advance before the meeting begins. If you're going to be using the float floaty noodles, the foam noodles, make sure you have those set aside before your meeting begins. Prepare in advance. Make sure you have things written down, uh, and so then you can follow them as you go through it. All right, so step number one is planning. Plan before your meeting. Make sure you know what you're going to do, what you want your participants to know, and then you can move on. Second one is execution. So I recommend you write up your agenda or a timeline or a guide for yourself and write something down like a list that will keep you on track and provide a guidepost uh, if you take too long in one item or if you forget something. So in general, if you look at public speakers, they're not writing their whole verbatim, each word-for-word -word script down on a sheet of paper or a note card when they're giving their speeches. That's not a very effective way to give a compelling and interesting speech. You know, instead, you have, typically, you have topics. So for example, um, you have planning as a topic and execution as a topic or content as a topic and then you go you know all the information that you want to talk about and you tell stories on how you can uh, about those topics that makes it a much more real experience in delivery so 
when you're doing your planning, write down, here's what I want to, here's the, my ultimate goal, better scanning. Here is my, uh, introduction. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's one or two things that the staff absolutely needs to know specifically. And then here's the activity we're going to play and make sure you know how you're going to do everything. Uh, but you don't necessarily need to write out each word you're going to say during your training. It's more of a guidepost. It's more of a uh, list or, or a outline of what you're going to say. Now, in general, when I do my staff meetings, I prefer to follow uh, this formula. So this will make it a little bit easier. It will be available on our show notes as well, so you can have access to that. Uh, but number one, I like to do an introduction and a recap of the previous week. So what did we do last week? Uh, what was important? What happened? Any changes or developments? Uh, and is there anything new that needs to be brought to the table? Then we move on to uh, simple new information or uh, changes. Uh, for example, things that might be relevant to everybody. Uh, if you have an attendant that sits at the entrance to the pool, but after the locker rooms, uh, that sits there and says you need to both have a swimsuit and take a shower before you can come onto the pool deck, you know, perhaps you've moved that person and now you say you must, the, you must take a per, a shower person is now going to be stationed at the end of the walkway. Uh, closer to the pool so they can have an eyesight, an eye line, and a new responsibility of telling kids they have to walk when they're running on the deck. This is in addition to their existing responsibility of telling people they need to have a shower and wear a pro proper bathing suit. All right, so that would be an appropriate time at the beginning of your meeting. Uh, new changes that affect everybody. Then you can move on to an announcement of what you're going to do during your training. So be clear and upfront. You know, today we're going to review CPR. Uh, we're going to then split into groups and play a few games that are both uh, focusing on CPR. And uh, our goal today is to get better communication during swim lessons. And we're going to focus on that. So we're going to work on CPR and how we can speak better at swim lessons. Uh, and we're going to do some small groups and games to accomplish those two goals. Uh, then after we do that, we're going to regroup. And I'll have, uh, you'll have a chance to ask questions about anything going on this coming week. Uh, and that's open to the staff. Uh, that's a time for them to ask questions that are important to them and kind of get a group consensus from everybody or from the management, uh, in a group setting in front of the whole staff. So remember, plan what you want to say and then execute it by providing, giving yourself an agenda or an outline, or a guidepost on when you want things to be done. 9.30, introduction. 9.35, wrap up new information. 9.40, uh, make sure that everyone, like, you've done your announcements and explanation of what's going to happen. And then uh, 9.42, begin your group activities. You know, something as simple as that would work. Next uh, next category here is the content. Uh, what we're actually doing in our training program. How This is really where the effectiveness comes in. So uh, how you run effective training is kind of dependent on two things. Did you do your preparation work? Have you sat down and thought out what you want to do, what your problems are, and how you can fix those problems? You know, or 
what are your deficiencies and how are you going to practice them to get better? Or, you know, what, what skills do you need to have done that you want to maintain? So CPR, first aid, you know, things that you need to be doing on a regular basis just to keep up with the habit of it. Uh, so the content then is the act, the action, how you're going to get your participants, your staff, to actually learn the things that you want them to learn beyond just telling them. Because telling them is not a very effective way at learning. If you do something, it engages a lot more parts of your brain and your mind and makes it memorable. It makes it easier to remember what you're doing. So we're going to look at the content. Uh, we've planned out what we want to do. We have an outline or a plan to execute it. And now what are we actually going to be doing in our training? So our goal here is uh, we want them, we want our staff to have information or or activity that's going to help them do their job, right? It's going to, we're going to provide them a skill that they need to do their job better or to do their job at all. Uh, and we want participation from them. We want them to engage with whatever we're doing uh, so they learn a little bit better. Now, remember, our goal is to provide relevant information and training, uh, but also provide team building environment so our participants or our staff feels closer to each other. Now, I recommend doing a lot of small group activities uh, with very clear goals and instructions, and you can repeat these things. So if you have a game or an activity that you really like, um, maybe it's the zoo herder game, uh, which you can find in one of our training manuals, modules. Uh, or maybe you have the filibuster game, which is a, a communication game. You know, if there are things that you particularly like and are effective, you can play them repeatedly. And then the setup time and the instruction time is significantly less because everyone knows what the rules are and the formula is. Um, when you are creating new games, try to keep them as simple as possible and as direct as possible with as few moving parts. The more instructions you have, the more difficult it is to do. Uh, so, uh, for example, today we're talking about like a CPR scenario and being a better communicator and swim lessons. Uh, so you can do a scenario for CPR. Again, I recommend that you plan this out in advance and you write it down on a sheet and hand it out to your staff. A uh, person has a heart attack or collapses on the pool deck, um, unresponsive, not breathing, does not have a heartbeat or a regular heartbeat, uh, and then have your staff do do what they would do in that situation. Try to make it as lifelike as possible. And you can have two or three different groups going through this at the same time. Uh, you can switch up the roles. Uh, so give some of your new staff the manager role in that scenario. Say, what would you do as the manager? Or what do you know that the manager should be doing during this time? You know, give everyone an opportunity in a safe environment to practice all the different roles. Uh, and this is a simple activity that I'm sure most people do already, uh, where they do scenarios in which they practice their life-saving and CPR and first aid. Uh, and you want to make it as real as possible. Uh, when you're training specific skills, you can be a little bit more creative. So CPR, first aid, it follows a very set script, right? So there's a very specific procedure that you go through. Check for consciousness, call 911. Put your gloves on, check for breathing and heartbeat. If none of those exist or if they're irregular and wrong, begin CPR and you follow this procedure. 
whereas swim lessons is a little more nebulous. It's a little more uncertain. So we can take a look at being a little more creative during the swim lesson instruction portion of our trainings or our specific uh, lifeguarding tactics. So, for example, if you want to work on scanning for your lifeguards, uh, this interesting idea uh, that we've tried once, it's fairly effective. Um, you put one person in the chair, and if, this is when the pool is closed. There's nobody there, right? Or you have someone guarding that's not this person. Uh, you put them in the chair, put a blindfold on them, have someone standing behind them with a, uh, a series of toys that both float and sink, and you throw them into the pool from behind the person so they don't know where it's coming from specifically. And you let them open their eyes, and they have 20 seconds to see the bottom of the pool and count how many toys are on the bottom of the pool. Uh, and this is a good activity to show them that 20 seconds A isn't that long, is, is not that long of a time, and B, that it's hard to see the bottom of the pool, so you really have to be making an effort at paying attention to keep your eyes on the bottom of the pool. Uh, you can even have people in the water splashing around, making waves to make it more difficult to see the bottom, and that kind of illustrates the point that uh, when there's a lot of people in the pool, it may be almost impossible to see the bottom. Uh, so using context clues and uh, shadows and, and when in uncertain to jump in the water, you know, because it is an important thing to be able to see the bottom. Uh, so you can be a little more creative when you're focusing in on a, a particular skill. Uh, and so when you play your games, when you do your activities, you know, try to do them in small groups. Try to make them as simple as possible, uh, but try to make them interesting as well. Uh, so I, when I'm coming up with games, when I'm coming up with activities for our trainings, I like to follow this formula, and I put this in the show notes for you to access if uh, you want to come up with your own games and activities during your trainings. Uh, number one, what do I want to focus my attention on? What's the skill? So identify specifically what you want your participants to get better at. Uh, number two, can you isolate that skill? So can you can you break that skill out from something else? So, for example, if I want to teach my swim instructor to be better at communicating, how do I isolate that skill? It's going to be using words to give clear directions or clear feedback. So that's the isolated version of it. So speaking <laughs> and speaking effectively. Number three, how can you stimulate that skill or use that skill to accomplish something? How can I use speaking clearly to get something done? Which, you know, ultimately is what swim lessons are, you know, changing the instructor's language and demonstration into action in a participant. But how can I, so how can I come up with a skill or how can I come up with an activity or use that language skill to accomplish something? Uh, so we play a game in our training sessions, uh, which is blindfolding someone and then using your voice to get them from point A to point B. Uh, and you have to be as specific as possible. It's kind of like the peanut butter and jelly game with the alien that will literally follow your exact instructions, uh, but in spectacular and terrible ways. Um, number four, can you put up a roadblock uh, to that skill that... Or can you put up a roadblock that the skill might be useful in overcoming? Or by not using that skill, you'd fail at. So uh, putting a, a wall of towels uh, between the participant and their goal and the, the person that's giving the instructions to the blindfolded person 
has to explicitly tell them how to get over the towels without touching them or else they lose the game, right? So there's a, a literal roadblock there that if you don't communicate, you won't accomplish the, the task. Um, or if you don't use your skill at communicating effectively, then you'll fail the task and your participant, your, your partner is going to trip and fall. So how can you make that skill useful in a situation? How can you put challenges in front of the person or people that force them to use the skill to overcome uh, that challenge? And then how do you integrate multiple people into this activity? Uh, so usually when you're coming up with your, your, your game ideas, your activity ideas, you're already thinking about that, but it, but you have to remember it's not just a one-on-one -on -one person at a time activity. You, our second goal here throughout the entire training is are you creating a team environment? And if you're doing things by yourself, then there's no, and I mean, if you're, you're having your, your staff do activities alone, so only one in person, then it's not creating an environment of teamwork. So to review, identify what you want to work on, isolate it. Uh, how can you use that skill to accomplish something? Put a roadblock in front of that skill and make the skill overcome that roadblock. And then how do you get multiple people involved in that? And that's how you can create content for your training. So in a general sense here, plan out what you want to do in advance. Uh, prepare for yourself how you're going to execute it. So write out a timeline, write out a guidepost, uh, write out a uh, um, agenda, and then come up with content that's going to stimulate the participants, the, the staff, in interesting and unique ways. And you can do that primarily through small groups. I suggest that you come up with an activity and have groups do them that activity in small groups. Uh, it's better, more active than in a large group all at the same time. And then you can follow that formula I provided for you. It's also in the show notes uh, to come up with these games and activities on your own. Now, if you want an ideas, we have three training modules right now on our website that you can download for free. They include handouts, they include multiple games, and they have a clear objective uh, for your swim lessons. Uh, removing okay from your sentences, uh, keeping kids in your line of sight, and encouraging people to go underwater. At the end of your training, and this is not part of the categories, but kind of a recap, explain to everybody once you're finished why you did the things you did. You know, we played the scanning and the blindfold game uh, to show you how difficult and important it is to scan using the 3D triage method. You know, remember the bottom of the pool is the most dangerous because it's the hardest and to see and it can be the most fatal. That's why we did that game. We played that game to teach you that it's difficult to see the bottom and you need to be on point when you're in the chair so you can see the bottom of the pool at all times uh, and that you're checking the bottom of the pool as well as the surface to look for drowning kids or people or adults, right? We did the blindfolded communication game so you can practice using your voice to get specific results. And it illustrates how difficult sometimes it is to understand someone else. So maybe you learn that you have to rephrase the instructions you're giving to get a better result. I want to know what you think. Do you think that these uh, topics and categories for running a training program is effective? What do you do to have effective training 
sessions during your summer swim lessons. How do you handle a large staff that needs to know a lot of new information and practice information and activities to get better at their job? What's your process? What's your plan? Share with us. Communicate on Twitter at Swimming Ideas. Send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. And hopefully we can hear from you in the future. Now, as you know, I'm also looking for interview guests. If you want to be on this podcast and share your story on how you do your trainings at your program, we want to know. Send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. In the subject line, write podcast. Thank you for your time uh, with me today. I know that you're going to have a fantastic summer, a safe and fun summer. Uh, And tomorrow, we can teach better lessons together. Take care. 